0: Hi I'm Ryan Shannon and I'm a realtor in the Oklahoma City metro area and right now we have a very unique market. Our market is very competitive. We've got an all-time low interest rate so it makes it very competitive for buyers to get the house that they want because we don't have a lot of homes on the market right now. So I love helping my clients coach them and give them specific ways to really get the house that they want. We've got a few things that can really make our offer stand out. For example, um, a house that is listed for about 150, I had two specific clients just in the past week that had to offer over $10,000 and plus a couple other things just to get the deal done. We were up against 11 different offers.
1: You know, it's been kind of crazy. Uh, We had low inventory before COVID started, and now the inventory is even lower. Um, You got prolonged buyer demand um, with historic low interest rates. You just got way more buyers and sellers out there in the market. So depending about the price point, it's really, really competitive. Homes are just flying off the market. Just, you know, days on the market here is less than 10, I think, and in certain price ranges, you know, they're just selling so quick. I mean, I don't think that's going to change a ton over the coming months. It might slow down just a tick, you know, in the fall and the holidays. But you know, COVID's not going away anytime real soon. The Federal Reserve has pledged to keep interest rates at historic lows at least through this year. They've really said even beyond further. So until inventory picks back up, you know, you're going to have more buyers than sellers in the market. So it's going to be competitive. We are interest rates are historic lows, crazy. So now's the time to buy and sell. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like I have two sales in my very first month as being a real estate agent. So uh, it's been uh, it's been I guess in a word, crazy. Um, the, uh, the lower price points right now, somewhere between 180 and lower, um, I mean, you can't, uh, you can't get in there fast enough. And it's so crazy that uh, even with as good as it is, it's, um, it's making it almost equally as hard as if the market was bad. Up from the buyer standpoint? Yeah. So Definitely a seller's sell? market. Uh, sellers, if you've thought about selling ever, Uh, I would say now is the time to do it. Houses are bringing top dollar and uh, the supply is low and the demand is high. Man, the market intensity right now has been insane. It's probably one of the hardest markets Oklahoma City's maybe ever seen uh, since the beginning of Oklahoma. Um, It is really what I like to call a dream world market. The reason behind that is if you're a seller right now and you want to sell your home, now is the perfect time. I mean, I cannot think of a time you're going to get a more top dollar price for your home than you will right now. And the flip side of it for the buyers, I mean, yes, you pay a top dollar price, but the interest rates are so low, you know, so if you definitely want to do the math and break it down of, you know, buying a home at a 6% interest rate versus, you know, 3% interest rate, I mean, the difference behind that right there alone is insane. So it is definitely a dream world for both sides
0: hey guys this is natalie i'm a home stager here in the local oklahoma city area and the real estate market here we're seeing um unbelievable low mortgage rates and the the market is on fire Um, i'm staging houses and i'm seeing them fly off one day they're calling me hey come get your stuff so if you're looking to invest or move this is the place to be the market is just uh, on fire
1: hello yes my name is carlos lira i'm the general contractor do a roofing, painting, siding, all kinda of jobs and the inside the house and the right now all the market is crazy sale house they going fast all the houses and I think uh, that's crazy. 2020 is one year everything is crazy. All the jobs is real real crazy stuff. Thank you. It's really busy, especially this weekend, the salespeople did amazing. So I love it though. I love helping you guys succeed.
0: From the middle of America, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show, covering local market data, news and reports to arm you with information you need to empower your investing and strengthen your American rights. Top Realtor, Investor, Husband, Father, and Veteran. Here is your host, Landon Witt. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit OKCRealEstateShow.com.
1: Welcome to Episode 89 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. It's been a little while since I've seen some of you guys. I wanna do a special shout out to the Bay Area. You guys have been so great. Uh, woo! thanks. What a fun transaction you and I have been doing, building your portfolio in Oklahoma City during this time. Uh, I know you just heard some of these excerpts at the beginning of this episode from some of the agents here at Hamilwood Realty and just feeling that vibe on the market. Now this is the number two real estate company in Oklahoma so you really get an idea of what's really going on on the ground level or the street level in the city. This episode we're going to talk or do some excerpts from uh, Glenn Beck who was on Fox News, as some of you know, and he's been talking about the exodus of New York City and other tier one cities to the tier two and tier three category, which is Oklahoma City. And we have definitely been experiencing that with calls from folks relocating from California, from Florida, from New York and Maryland and michigan and just a lot of interesting like chicago getting phone calls from there and folks that are wanting to take their money out of stock and put it in real estate and what a market to do that in as the linear market of oklahoma city okay you don't get huge appreciation rates but you get consistent appreciation rates and you combine that with low 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 interest rates and now you've got an award-winning combination that could lead you with a good investment in a good middle american city with plenty of land in fact a lot of you don't realize there's over six hundred and twenty square miles of oklahoma city quite a bit of space so i wanted to share that also for those that haven't seen me in a while I have been crazy busy since COVID, and the podcast has been lacking. I'm going to start bringing back more episodes as we get more content. I want to also share with you uh, that just because some of these numbers don't quite work at times, when we throw the lower interest rate on or we throw the other investment options that are on the table we're still getting a good return on investment. But for those that are looking for burrs during this market, which is the buy, rent, uh, rehab, uh, renovate, repeat, um, or refinance and then repeat, uh, those are proving to be extremely difficult unless you're working with some of our, you know, wild, wild west uh, wholesalers. So anyways, uh, I'm gonna still keep the chat boards open uh, if you guys wanna spend time with me. If you are a Burr method though, not taking the calls, but if you're looking for turnkey rentals in the Oklahoma City market, please email or, or uh, sign up for the calendarly link at the bottom of this video you can schedule time to talk with me. Or if you are a seller in today's market, I want to talk with you especially, okay? As you heard from some of the agents earlier, we're going into multiple offers. I don't even want to show you the market statistics because it's incredible. But what I want to focus on this episode is where is all this going, okay? What's the end game here? With low inventory, and low incentive for builders to build more because of risk. They don't really know what's gonna happen in the future. So we're not really seeing a whole lot of new orders of new construction. So how do we get around this inventory issue? You know, I've brought up the episode of 3D printing, and many of you have emailed and talked to me about the potential of investing in 3D printing. And in fact, some of you, I may actually be flying out to meet with you guys about 3D printing, and maybe we could 3D print investment properties. That's an idea if we can get past the local regulations and all the things that are involved in that. So investment might get a little bit more entrepreneurialship in the next little while when we come to what does rents look like and all these. But one of the things that we're going to take from Glenn Beck's interview that I'm about to play, look at things like 30% rent reduction going on in New York City. We're going to look at the price values dropping 30 and 40 percent in densely populated cities like, Oklahoma, or like New York City, but then in Oklahoma City, us inversely climbing in values with properties going $10,000 over, $7,000 over, $20,000 over, and those are price markets that are narrow already, like the 130, 150, 160. The McMansions with land now highly desirable in Oklahoma City and the surrounding area. So the third wave, okay, I forget what his name is, but he was the uh, founder of AOL, wrote a book called The Third Wave. And what that was is the first wave was the East Coast, right? You had this huge Uh, you know, movement from Europe over to the east coast of the United States of America. And then you had the movement out west to the west coast, the east coast building, and then the west coast. And now he says the third wave, and this book was written like six, seven years ago. The third wave is the Midwest, the middle of America. And folks, it's happening. We've been forecasting this now on this show for three years now. Here you go. So, enjoy this video clip. Uh, It's about 14 minutes in length, and I think you really are going to find Glenn Beck spot on the money with his forecast of New York. But don't take my word for it. Leave your comments below. I'd love to chat with you. And leave the calendarly bookings for turnkey rentals and serious investors, not looking for the burrs. Can't help you with the burrs right now, unless you know of some burrs. And also, Somebody took our company number, I don't know if it was a broker or whatever, and put it on an escort site. So no, I'm not offering escorts for any bit of you guys, at least not yet. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to get into that business, but somebody's posted our number, so a lot of our staff has been receiving requests for services of the erotic nature. So rest assured, we're not opening an escort business. That's somebody playing some type of joke. I thought it was quite funny, and <laughs> a lot of guys looking for that kind of business apparently, so I guess that model's growing, but enjoy this video, and thanks for tuning in.
0: So it's really rare that I will read a full article on the air, but I I want to read this from James Alcher. Um, he, he wrote on uh, his LinkedIn account... I love New York City. When I first moved to New York City, it was a dream come true. Every corner was like a theater production happening right in front of me. So much personality, so many stories. Every subculture I loved was in New York City. I could play chess all day and all night. You know, one of the things about New York City is I've done that. I've gone out in the middle of the night or whatever and just walked around, and you will come up across these places, these chess rooms where – these Russians are playing chess, and you could just sit down and play anybody. And it's, it's phenomenal, and it's like that with everything in New York. said, I could go to comedy clubs. I could start any type of business. I could meet people. I had family, friends, opportunities. No matter what happened to me, New York was a net I could fall back on and bounce back up. But now it's completely dead. But New York City always bounces back, they say. No, not this time. But New York City is the center of the financial universe. Opportunities will flourish here again. No, not this time. NYC has experienced worse. No, it hasn't. A Facebook group formed a few weeks ago that was for people who were planning a move and wanted others to talk to and advise, uh, give them advice. Within two or three days, it had 10,000 members. Every day, I see more and more posts. I've been in New York City forever, but I guess this time, I have to say goodbye. Every single day I see those posts. I've been screenshotting them for my scrapbook. The three most important reasons to move to New York City, business opportunities, culture and food, and of course, friends. But if everything I say is even one-tenth of what I think, there won't be as many opportunities to make friends, and that equals business. Midtown Manhattan, the center of business in New York City, is empty. Even though people can go back to work, famous office buildings like the Time Life skyscraper is 90% empty. Businesses realize they don't need to get their employees at the office. In fact, they realize they're even more productive without everyone back in the office. The Time Life building can handle 8,000 workers. Now, it maybe has 500 workers back in the building. What do you mean, a friend of mine said when I told him Midtown should be called Ghost Town. I'm in my office right now. Really? What are you doing there, I asked. Packing up. Then he laughed. Okay, I'm shutting it down. He works in the entertainment business. Another friend of mine works at a major investment bank as a managing director. Before the pandemic, he was at the office every day, sometimes working 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. He now lives in Phoenix, Arizona. As of June, he told me, I have never been to Phoenix. And then he moved there, and he does all of his meetings on Zoom. I was talking to a book editor who's been out of the city since early March. We've all been working fine. I'm not sure why we would ever need to go back to the office again. One friend of mine, Derek Halpern, was convinced he'd stay. He put up a Facebook post the other day saying he might be changing his mind. Derek wrote, in the last week... I've watched a homeless person lose his mind and start attacking random pedestrians, including spitting on, throwing stuff at, and swatting. I've seen several single parents with a child asking for money for food, and then when somebody gave them food, they tossed the food right back at them. I watched a man yell racist slurs every single race of people while charging, then stopping before going too far far and worse. I've been living in New York City for 10 years. It has definitely gotten worse, and there is no end in sight. My favorite park is Madison Square Park. About a month ago, a 19-year-old girl was shot and killed across the street. I don't think I have an answer, but what I do think is clear, it's time to move out of New York City. And I'm not the only one who feels this way either. In my building alone, the rent has plummeted by 30%. More people are moving away than ever. So it's not goodbye yet. But a long-life New Yorker is thinking about it, end quote. I pick his post out, but I could have picked dozens of others. People say New York City has been through a lot worse and it always comes back. No and no. First, when has New York City been through worse? Even in the 1970s and through the 80s, when New York City was going bankrupt, even when it was the crime capital of the U.S. or close to it, it was still the capital of business world, meaning it was the primary place young people would go to build wealth and find opportunity. It was culturally on top of its game, home to artists, theater, media, advertising, publish, publishing. It was probably the food capital of the U.S., new york city has never been locked down for five months not in in any pandemic any war financial crisis never in the midst of the polio epidemic when little kids including my mother were going paralyzed or dying new york city didn't go through this this is not to say what should or should not have been done that part is over but now we have to deal with what is In early March, many people, not me, left New York when they felt it would provide safety from the virus, and they no longer needed to go to work, and all the restaurants were closed, and people figured, I'll go out for a month or two and come back. But they're still gone. Then, in June, during rioting and looting, a second wave of New Yorkers, this time me, left. I have kids. Nothing wrong with protests, but I was nervous when I saw uh, videos of rioters after curfew trying to break into my building. Many people left temporarily, but there were people leaving permanently. Friends of mine moved to Nashville, Miami, Austin, Denver, Salt Lake, Austin, Dallas. Now a third wave of people are leaving, but they might be too late. Prices are down 30 to 50% on both rentals and sales, no matter what real estate agents tell you. And rentals are soaring in the second and third tier uh, cities. I can tell you this from first-hand experience. If you are moving to some place like Idaho or uh, Wyoming, I have family in both, and they are saying that right now, the real estate, you put your house up, it will sell sight unseen. Here in Dallas, somebody, uh, some real estate agent I talked to said they closed their second Zoom or Skype uh, home, that people are, they're, they're moving so fast that people are just saying, just, just show it to me, just, just walk through it with me on your phone. The real estate does, agent does, and they're like, good, I'll take it. That's crazy. That is crazy. I'm temporarily, although maybe permanently, in South Florida now. I also got my place sight unseen. Robin was looking at listings around Miami, and then she saw an area we had never been to before. We found three houses we liked. She called the first real estate agent, place number one, just rented that morning, 50% higher than the asking price. Place number two, also rented to New Yorkers. Place number three, available. We'll take it, we said. The first time we physically saw it was when we flew down and moved in. This is temporary, right? I confirmed with Robin, but... I don't know. I'm starting to like the sun a little bit. I mean, when it's behind the shades. And I'm in air conditioning. But let's move on for a second. Business, businesses are remote, and they aren't returning to the office. And it's a death spiral. The longer offices remain empty, the longer they'll remain empty. In 2005, a hedge fund manager was visiting my office and said, in Manhattan, you practically trip over opportunities in the street. But now the streets are empty. I co-own a comedy club, Stand Up New York, 78th and Broadway. I'm very proud of the club, grateful for my fellow owners and my manager. It's a great club. We've been around since 86. Before then, it was a theater. One time, Henry Winkler stopped by to come on my podcast, and he was the one who told me it had been a theater. He said, I grew up two doors down from here, used to perform there as a kid. Then I went out to L.A. to be the Fonz, and now I'm back here full circle to be on your podcast. This place has history. Things like that happen in New York. We had a show in May. It was an outdoor show. Everybody social distanced, but we were shut down by the police. I guess we were super spreading humor during a very serious time. The club is doing something fun. We're doing shows outside in the park. It's a great idea. In time like this, businesses need to give to the community and not complain. Broadway is closed until at least spring. Lincoln Center is closed. All the museums are closed. Forget about the tens of thousands of jobs lost in those cultural centers. Forget even about the millions of dollars of tourist and tourist-generated revenues lost by the closing of those centers. There are thousands of performers, producers, artists, the entire ecosystem of art, theater, production, curation that surrounds just those cultural centers. People who have worked all their lives for the right to perform even once on Broadway whose lives and careers are now on hold. I get it, there was a pandemic. But the question is, what happens now? What happens next? And given the uncertainty, since there is no known answer, and given the fact that people, cities, economies loathe uncertainty, we don't know the answer. And that's a bad thing for New York City. Right now, Broadway is closed until at least early 2021. But is that true? We don't know. And what does it mean? Will we only have 25% capacities? Broadway shows can't survive on that. Hot dog stands outside of Lincoln Center and outside on the streets. Finished. My favorite restaurant closed for good. Commercial real estate. If building owners and landlords lose their prime tenants, storefronts, the bottom floor of the offices, the well-to-do office top floors, they go, too. And they'll go out of business. And what happens when they go out of business? actually nothing. And that's the bad news. People who would have rented, bought and say, wow, everybody is saying New York City is heading back to the 1970s and the prices might be 50% lower than they were a year ago, but uh, better safe than sorry. I think I'll wait. Then everyone waiting, prices go down. So people see prices go down and say, good thing I waited. But what happens if I wait even more? This is called a deflationary spiral. People wait, prices go down. Nobody wins because the landlords or owners go broke and less money gets spent in the city. Nobody moves in, no motion in the market, and people already owning in the area can afford to hang on, have to wait longer to return to their restaurants, their services that they were used to. Will prices go down enough that everyone buys? Maybe, maybe not. There are also 600,000 college students spread out through New York City, from Columbia to Fordham to St. John's. Will they require remote learning? Will kids even be on the campus? Yeah, but New York City always comes back. I live three blocks from Ground Zero on 9-11. Downtown, where I lived, was destroyed, but it came roaring back within two years. And in 2008 and 9, much suffering during the Great Recession. Much again, hardship, but things came roaring back. But this time, it is different. You're never supposed to say this, but this time it's true. If you believe this time is no different, that New York City is resilient, I hope you're right. I don't benefit at all for saying this. I love New York. I was born there. I lived there forever. I still live there. I love everything about New York City. I want 2019 back. But this time it is different. The difference is bandwidth. We now have meetings on Zoom. 20 megabytes per second, that's more than enough for high-quality video. Before, we couldn't remotely work. Now we can. We're officially A-B, after bandwidth. And for the entire history of New York City until now, we were before bandwidth. It goes on, and I highly recommend that you listen to it, uh, or you watch it, or, or read it. It's from James Alchor, and uh, he is a great, great podcaster. This particular piece was written for LinkedIn, um, and it is New York City is dead forever, and here's why. It is a very sad thing. New York is the problem with New York is it is a love-hate relationship with everyone who lives there. You absolutely hate it because it's the worst of the worst and it's the most expensive and everything else but you love it because there is truly no other city on earth like it there was a video posted can we play this video there was a video posted um, just the other day about new york city and it shows the empty streets of new york city and it is fifth avenue block after block after block everything is boarded closed not because of covid but because of riots and looting it's now a very dangerous city and nothing is going on there are no shops to go into no museums no shows you're just trapped in new york city it is not a good situation and unfortunately Unfortunately, that's going to happen to a lot of our cities. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit OKCRealestateshow.com.